Happy New Year. <laughs> um, so Jeremy kicked off the year for us last week with a powerful message talking about destiny and the gate of heaven, right? Who was here? <laughs> wow. Okay, you guys, if you weren't here, go back and watch that word. Uh, you do not want to miss that and get excited and get expectant about what's available for you and for the house of the Lord this year. Okay? Amen? So one of the things that Jeremy talked about last week is that we are in the Hebrew year of 5782. Remember that? <laughs> he mentioned that it was a year for hearing the voice of the sun. Okay? He called it, among other things, um, for, it was a time for the people of God to be awakened in a new way to the voice of the Son, to the voice of Jesus, Yeshua, the King of Kings. Okay? Right? So I want to take that, that thought about the Hebrew year 5782 just a little bit further, okay? So every, if you know about the Hebrew alphabet, every letter has a numeric value. So the Hebrew letter pay has a numeric value of 80, okay? And pay means mouth. And so that's why they've called this decade, the, the decade of 5780s, the year of the mouth, okay? And so over the past two years, we've seen the, um, ex, the exposing of counterfeit voices, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Um, the exposure of counterfeit voices, right? So we've seen the exposure of agendas that promote compromise, but what they really do is lead us into relationships of control. Okay? The voice of the Lord empowers. The voice of the Lord gives life. The voice of the Lord speaks truth, okay? And we, as the people of God, are learning how to distinguish in a greater way what is the voice of the Lord and what is a counterfeit, right? Okay, so back to the Hebrew alphabet. So since we are specifically in the year 5782, if you look at the Hebrew alphabet, for what has a numeric value of two, it is the Hebrew letter bait. Okay? So bait is the first letter of the Hebrew word ben, which is son. Okay? But the, the letter itself means house. Okay? So it's not just a year to hear the voice of the son. It's a year for the voice of the house of the son to be heard. Okay? Let me say it again. It's not just a year to hear the voice of the Son. It's a year for the voice of the house of the Son to be heard. Okay? If you, if you want to be silly for a minute, it's a year for the mouth of the house. Okay? <laughs> and that's how you can remember it. Okay? It's a year for the mouth of the house or the voice of the house of the Son to be heard in a greater way and be a more powerful force against the gates of hell. Okay? You guys okay? Okay. 
So we're in a time um, where people are going to learn how to represent the house of God when they speak. Alex, you want me to get? It's fine. How about this? All right. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Um, so let's, okay. So we're in a time when people are going to learn how to represent the house of God when they speak. They won't just speak for themselves, but they are going to be aware in a greater way that they speak for the house of the Lord. Okay, it's time for individual anointings to start serving the house and to start serving the family instead of the family or the house serving the individual anointings. Okay, all right. So a few months ago, I did a message where I talked about unity and the scripture in Philippians chapter two that says that we are to be of the same mind. And in that message, I said that what that phrase means to be of the same mind, it doesn't mean that we all think alike. What it means is that I am never only thinking about my thoughts and my opinions and my dreams and my destiny, but I am also always thinking of yours as well. Okay? Does that make sense? That's what I mean when I talk about voices that represent the house of the Lord. It's I can hear the voice of the son in a new way because I'm connected to family, like Wes has been talking about for several months. It means that we are not just hearing the voice of the Lord as individuals, but we are hearing it through partnership. And we are realizing that every time we speak, we're not speaking as individuals, but we are representing the triumphant, the powerful, the advancing, the solution-giving, wisdom-filled house of the Lord. Okay? You guys okay? So it's time to purify our ears and hear the voice of the Son so that we can be a mouth for the house of the Son in this time. In this time okay? All right, so y'all can turn, if you have a Bible, to Galatians chapter 3. Paul was writing this letter to the Galatians because they had allowed a group of people to come in and confuse them and get them to believe that they had to keep the law of Moses in addition to the grace of Jesus Christ, okay? So he doesn't waste any time in addressing the problem. Now, I told you to turn to Galatians 3, and we're going to read that in a minute, but he starts out addressing the problem right in verse 6 of chapter 1. He says, I am astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Okay? In other words, he's saying if you attempt to add anything at all to the grace of, to the grace of Jesus Christ, it is not the gospel at all. That's strong words. Okay? So let's read what he says in Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. 
you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. And I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal through human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Did God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observed the law or because you believed what you heard? Okay, Paul was emphasizing faith and hearing. Okay, he told them, hey, go back to the beginning. How did you receive the spirit? You believed what you heard. How did you experience the miracles? You believed what you heard. In other words, you were connected to the voice of the Lord and you believed him. But somewhere along the way, a voice came in and it turned you away from the voice of the Lord. It bewitched you or it confused you by turning your eyes away from Christ crucified. Okay? That is what the original word that is translated bewitched means. It means to to turn the eyes away through fascination. And, And it does this by offering you something desirable by false representation. Okay? So that's why Paul says, clearly your eyes were on Jesus crucified. But then something come, came in and it drew your eyes away through fascination to something else that had the illusion of being good. But what it really did was it turned your eyes off of Jesus crucified. How about the worship this morning? Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, we didn't plan that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't turn our eyes away. Fascinate, forever fascinate our hearts on Jesus, Um, but this is a false fascination, okay? In this case, as with most cases, when something comes in and is able to to turn us away from the voice of the Lord, it involves human effort. It's, It's when we're at the center of our universe instead of Jesus or his voice, okay? False voices can bewitch us or fascinate us by offering us something that makes us feel good, makes us feel safe, or makes us feel important. But it's really just leading us out of freedom and back into prison. Okay? So how we hear the voice of the Lord is hindered when we either believe that that we can do something that disqualifies us from what the Lord said, or if our deeds are the gospel to us. Okay, <laughs> let, me say, let me say that again. How we hear the voice of the Lord is hindered when we either believe that something we've done has disqualified us from what he said, or when we believe that our good deeds are the gospel. Okay? <laughs> This is when we've allowed a counterfeit voice to come in and turn our eyes away from the voice of the Lord through false representation. Okay? Does that make sense? And it makes human effort the center of what we rely on. 
Let me, uh, let me give you quickly a few things because this isn't really the message, but I want to give you a few things about what I mean about how easy it is for us to be deceived and to re- start relying on human effort even if we think we're about good things, okay? The first thing that this, these are things within us where if we will let them dwell within us, it makes us targets for deception, okay? The first thing is insecurity, or I am not enough, okay? One of the easiest ways for a counterfeit voice to draw us into deception and away from the voice of the Lord is if we cannot get our confidence from the voice of the Lord only, okay? These voices will come in and they will, it will easily draw us away from the voice of the Lord by either making an agreement with what we're insecure about, making us feel less than who we actually are, or it will give us a false sense of importance. Okay? But both of those things will continually keep us imprisoned by the opinions of others. So every time an opinion comes in or something comes in that makes us feel either gives us a false sense of importance. Oh, I did really good. That was really good. I, I, man, like I killed that. Or like, oh man, like I, just, I messed up again. You start agreeing with those voices. We're not getting our confidence from the voice of the Lord. And we will be moved in whichever direction the opinion of the people will take us. Okay? That's human effort. Number two, envy. I don't have enough. Counterfeit voices that target envy will always keep our attention on what we have in comparison to what someone else has. Okay? It opens us up to to deception about what we actually have. Because we should be letting the voice of the Lord tell us what we have and what he has for us rather than looking at other people to determine if we have enough. Okay? Does that make sense? <laughs> so if, if we do this, we will allow ourselves to be drawn into a sense of failure based on the achievements of others or a sense of entitlement based on what I've accomplished. Okay? All right, are you guys with me so far? Okay, both of these things have human effort at their center. Okay, failure or entitlement, they're both based on human effort, and they will both keep us in a prison of lack. Because no matter how much we think we've accomplished, in our sense of entitlement, we will always live in the fear of losing it. Because if our human effort could get it, our human effort can also lose it. Okay? You guys okay? Number three, (laughs) bitterness. I want to keep score. (laughs) Counterfeit voices that prey on bitterness always distract us by keeping us offended at what other people get away with. Okay? Um, it deceives us by keeping us bound by what we think they owe us. I want to keep score. Okay? Um, and, And what this really does is it says my freedom is based on the human effort of another person. 
okay? Do you see how deadly that is? It could be something so simple as we're driving down the road and a car cuts us off and you're like, man, I hope they get a speeding ticket. That's keeping score. <laughs> and it has our eyes on what, what on the scoreboard instead of letting the voice of the Lord repay us and keeping our eyes on Christ crucified. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys okay? All right. Number four, greed. I am only concerned with my own well-being. People who are only, only concerned with their own well-being are easily deceived by any voice that makes them feel important or makes them or promotes them or makes them feel heroic. Okay? Um, they may have good intentions, but they can't clearly hear the voice of the Lord because they can't hear it through partnership. Okay? Um, they see the world through the lens of their own ability to save it. So they make their effort and their contributions to the gospel the center of what they believe. It's not what you think. Greed is not always what you think, okay? So these people will in turn deceive many people by putting themselves in the position of the voice of the Lord for others, okay? Although their intentions might be good, they will present their word as the only word without the humility to listen. If you ever have anyone come to you and say, this is the word of the Lord for you, and if you don't do it, then you're out of the will of the Lord, and there is no argument, there is no discussion, there is no, that is not the voice of the Lord, that is control and manipulation, and it is based in greed. Okay? You guys okay? All right. The voice of the Lord always empowers. Always empowers. If the Lord himself can empower us, then we can empower each other. Okay? All right, next, fear. I feel safe when I am in an environment I can control. Counterfeit voices draw us away by offering us a safe place when we are afraid. Now, we are going to be afraid from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. But do we take our fear to the voice of the Lord to ask him what to do with it? Because if we don't, we will come into agreement with a false protection. Okay? And what we're really doing in that moment is we're taking ourselves out of the protection of the Lord and we're putting ourselves in our, in, in our own hands. And that should scare you more than anything you were scared of to begin with. Okay? It's a false protection. All right? Okay. The last one of these, um, exhaustion, or I can do it all. We make ourselves target, targets for deception and counterfeit voices when we fail to rest and when we fail to rely on each other. Okay? Um, when we think we can do it all. Feeling like we can do it all is relying on human effort. God himself showed us the importance of rest by resting himself. Okay? Hard work is character. Hard work without rest is self-reliance. 
okay? Somebody said it again. Hard work is character. Hard work without rest is self-reliance. Okay? All right? So these are things that, um, that are targets for deception, where deception can easily come in and turn us away from the voice of the Lord and get, get human effort to be the center of our focus and of our actions and of our thoughts. Okay? So Paul told the Galatians, hey, you've been bewitched. You've been deceived. You've been foolish. Okay? The original word that's translated foolish here, it does not mean stupid or ignorant. It means, it, it's a word that, has, that describes the idea of you, you didn't take responsibility for the focus of your mind. Okay, you didn't take responsibility for where your mind was focused. So in other words, you stopped, you stopped believing what you heard. You stopped meditating on his promises. You stopped filling your mind with his words. And so you have become deceived. You've become foolish, not because you're stupid, but because you stopped focusing your mind on what you already know to be true. Okay, does that make sense? All right, so now, like, let's come back to the voice of the house of the Lord, okay? Now you see how easy it is to get turned away, to get caught up, to get deceived, and that's why it's important for us to purify how we hear the voice of the Lord by, by knowing what these things are and getting rid of them because we have a house to represent, okay? So Paul goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 18, for if inheritance, which is the name, the resources, and the legacy of the family, inheritance is the name, the resources, and the legacy of the family. If inheritance depends on the law or human effort, then it no longer depends on a promise, but God gave it to Abraham through a promise. Our inheritance, our destiny, our future, our victory will never be dependent on human effort. It will always be dependent on a promise. It will never depend on what we have or what we don't have or what we think we have or what we don't think we have <laughs> or what we think we are it depends on the word of the lord the promise of the lord okay did you hear it did you believe it then it will be and it will not be because of human effort okay does that mean we just never do anything and we just sit around no <laughs> it means that what we do flows from our hearing and believing Paul said later in chapter 5, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Okay? That means action, but not effort. All right? Okay. So I want to go back and read also at the end of chapter 3 through a little bit of verse 4. So starting in 329, 
it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Okay, so this is a promise. So this is something we should be like, okay, this is mine. All right. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to the guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. An heir to the house. An heir to the family. Okay? That means we don't just represent ourselves. When we're out there, you know, facing what we face, we're not doing it alone. We represent the family, the house. And I'm not just talking about this family. I'm talking about the family in the house of the Lord all over the world. Okay? This is the inheritance of sons. Okay? (laughs) So I'm going to... um, if you, if you have a Bible and you want to, you can also turn to Isaiah 22. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a word that I believe the Lord is doing for this year, for 2022. And I believe it's something that's been in motion for quite some time. And I think that we're about to start seeing... Um, like a major shift in this area, okay? Um, So I'm going to read in Isaiah 22, starting in verse 15. Oh, look, I'm not even there. Okay. All right. This is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says. Go say to this steward, to Shebna, who is in charge of the king's house. What you are doing here and who, what are you doing here and who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here? Hewing your grave on the height and chiseling your resting place in the rock. Beware, the Lord is about to take a firm hold of you and hurl you away, O you mighty man. He will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country and there you will die and there your splendid chariots will remain. You disgrace to your master's house. I will, dis- I will depose you from your office and you will be ousted from your position. In that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. Hilkiah means the Lord is my portion. I will clothe him with your robe 
and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. And he will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Verse 22, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shut, shuts, no one can open. And I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will be a seat of honor for the house of his father. So there is this man named Shebna who was a steward to the king's house. And he had been given this position. He had been given this favor. He had been given this authority. But he used all of it to make a name for himself and to build a legacy for his name. And he said, I will build a monument to myself. Okay? So the Lord raised up a man. That's what uh, the name Eliakim means. It means the God raises him up. The Lord raised up a man who was the son of a, a, a guy whose name is my portion is the Lord. So he's like, I'm going to raise up a man whose portion is the Lord and who I can trust with the resources and the authority of the king's house. Someone who's going to serve the people. Someone who's going to represent the house and not themselves. And I'm going to take the authority and the position and the favor away from those who have been misusing it by building monuments to themselves and putting themselves in the favor in the place of honor and I'm going to give it to the ones who know they represent the house. And that key of David is it's a master key. It was the key to the palace and it opened all the rooms in in the house t- to the treasury, to the armory, to any resources that they needed. And ultimately like that key belongs to Jesus because it says in Revelation chapter 3 that I am he who is holy and true, and I hold the key of David. And what I open, no one can shut, and what I shut, no one can open. Okay? And he said that to the church at Philadelphia, who was the church of the reformers, the church who received him as holy and true. And as we just read in in Galatians chapter 4, we have the full rights of sons. Okay? What is his is also ours. We are co-heirs with Jesus. Okay? And so there's some that have tried to take possession of the keys to the house, and they haven't done what they're supposed to with it. And there's a shift coming to those who will know what to do with the keys to the house of the Lord, to the house of the king because they know what it means to, to be about family, to be about partnership, to, to walk in humility, to listen, to steward the house without building a monument to themselves. And because the love of the, for the world, the same love for the world that moved Jesus will move them. And they won't take their eyes off of Christ crucified. And they won't let them let themselves be drawn away into false prisons because it was for freedom that he set us free. Because our eyes are not on human effort, they're on Christ crucified. 
And if it's not Christ crucified, if it's not everything he paid for, if it's not that, it's not the gospel at all. Okay? You guys can stand up. Alex, you can play that. We're just going to... Um, we're just going to take a few minutes because um, a friend of mine was praying for me this week and um, about this word. And she said as she was praying for me, she said, I saw above everyone's head just keys hanging in the air. And I feel like, you know, Jesus, the key of David is the master key. And, and you might not be ready for the master key, maybe you are. But what I want you to do is I want you to like ask the Holy Spirit, listen to the voice of the Lord and, and let him give you the key that's right for you right now. Because some of you need keys to open up the prisons of human effort that you've put yourself in or that you've allowed other people to put you in. And, and some of you, like, you need keys to the armory for, like, for new weapons for the, for the battle, for, so that the battle you've been in can be finished. For some of you, there's going to be keys to solutions or wisdom. For some of you, there's keys to expanded territory. And for some of you, it's keys to visions and revelations and dreams whatever whatever key you need this morning the master key holder is here he has the keys to all of his father's house receive him as holy and true. Who know how to hear his voice and believe him and go and speak for the house. To exalt the true gospel of Christ crucified and say we will not partner with good things that just lead people into different prisons it is Christ crucified or it is no gospel at all fascinates like looking at him and seeing that he's looking at you 
Jesus, we thank you for the price that you paid to free us from human effort and from being imprisoned by the human effort of others. Thank you that now everything in our future depends on a promise. So teach us, awaken us in a new way to hear the voice of the Son and represent the house. You guys are free to, to stay and just worship and hear from the Lord and um, be refreshed, be renewed. Um, you're free to leave at any time. You know, just, just when you walk out the door, He goes with you. And His blessing and His favor and His voice goes with you. So we thank you for just an increase and hearing your voice for everyone this week. In Jesus' name, amen.